Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. I'm your host, Alan Mead. I'm a dentist, podcaster, and apparently potential juror. Uh, I, uh, I have We have a great show for you today, but before we get going, I want to thank the people who make it possible. Premier Dental Products, Inspired Solutions for Daily Dentistry. We'll be talking some more about some of their stuff later on, but I'd like to introduce my co-host for today. Uh, someone you've probably heard of before, if you've been in the dental podcasting space at all, it's Dr. Bilal Saeed. Bilal, how are you doing? Hey, Alan. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm cool. doing fantastic. I, I just love podcasting and just talking with you because this is this is just fun. That, that's all it is. It is. You know? It is. Like, I met you for the fr- The only reason I know you at all is because of podcasting. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we actually met in person last, or actually uh, January 2017, in Tennessee for the Voices of Dentistry, and uh, yeah. that was unbelievable. We actually are doing 2018 in Scottsdale, Arizona, January 26th, 27th. I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. It is uh, at the Doubletree Resort, VoicesofDentistry.com. Now, this episode may come out like right at the last second for them to take advantage of a $200 off coupon. So if you use the coupon VOD200, um, you can get $200 knocked off, but that's only good till the 18th of October. And that might be the very day that this is released. So no, no, uh, no pressure or anything, but if you want to get that $200 off, you better do it. Now it's going to be bigger and better than last year. If you can believe it, Bilal. Oh, I, I think it's gonna be great. I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm really working on getting there. I know, I know you, I know you're still, it's you're not a hundred percent sure you can be there. So we'll let people know oh, when yeah. you're going to be there, but it was like, what a trip it was last yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. It was great. It was it was it was basically everything you like about uh, all kinds of other meetings that you go to without all the bad stuff. It's, oh, I know, it's, right? It's, it's the fun. It's just fun altogether. And then in, before you know it, you actually get some CE credits too. Yeah, no, so, there is there. That's right. Sixteen CEs available. Yeah. Now, what's funny is yeah. is you and you were one of the few podcasting groups that sort of took advantage and really really ran with the concept because you sure. brought a big recording. You brought your recording gear and had a, actually he had, it was yep. really cool. He had the little portable recording booth right there. So he, Mike was in yep. it and had all the, had all the, the sound dampening. It was very cool. And, um, I didn't get a chance really like first time around, we weren't sure how the meeting was going to go. So I wasn't really in podcasting that much. That's going to change this year because I'm going to, yeah, gonna, you were, you were trying to run the show. Yeah. The time. And yeah. I mean, but that's being, you know, you being the host. I mean, I guess it's all, it's all good, but second time around, but, man, but, we should not yeah, have, yeah. we should not have the same bumps and, uh, we have a yeah. better idea of what's happening, so I'm hoping yeah. to be more on the mic this year. Yeah, I don't think there are a whole lot of bumps, to be honest. I thought I thought it was fantastic. It really, meeting. it really uh, went pretty well. You know, was, there were some sound good. things, and and it's it's funny. The the woman who is is putting them helping us put the meeting on. She's a meeting planner. She's trying mm-hmm. desperately to get it so we don't have the same bumps because what happened was we were using a lot of people were using their phones as um this is the this is our concept. We think this is what mm. happened. The second room, the smaller room where people were presenting, were having all kinds of trouble with the wireless microphones. Right, right. I was presenting you there. I yeah, did you? Were you a victim of the wireless? Okay, so and we think yeah, it's it was, because it was kind of weird. Yeah, we're think, it was we fine. think it was because um, 
like people were using uh, their phones as like Wi-Fi hubs or whatever in the podcast lounge. We think that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not convinced that that's it either. Um, but in any case, we're trying to to negate that by having it's it's a much bigger much bigger venue this year. It's huge. Um, you know, I liked Nashville because it was pretty intimate. But like once the podcasting stuff really got going in the lounge, it was pretty crowded in there. There wasn't a ton of room in there. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, that that recording lounge was, was a fun room. That was the funnest. It's like was, honestly, it was just it's the coolest it's, thing I've ever just, seen in a dental meeting. Seriously, it's yeah, like, it's because you're walking around and everyone is just doing all these recordings, just mm-hmm. right there impromptu. Mm-hmm. And then somebody would come over and say, "Hey, can you do a recording?" I was like, "Sure, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's sit down, and record." And then he walks over and says, "Yeah, how about do you do a recording over there?" I was like, "Okay, let's do that." It was so <laughs> great. It was so everything was so organic. I don't think you could yeah. probably make that happen in any other way. Yeah, yeah, you you can't just come up with these things right on the spot. But over there, when you, when you put everybody together in the same room, especially a lot of podcasters, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the guests, where we had people that weren't podcasters, yeah, they just kind of went from one table to the other and did these impromptu recordings right on the spot. It is funny because we had um, and, uh, Dr. Yeah. Bale. Remember Dr. Bale? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, Tom yeah. Larkin, yeah. Dr. Tom yeah, Larkin, Dr. Bale. Big so, yeah. <laughs> those guys were so tired at the end of the second day because they, <laughs> they did like an hour podcast with like 10 different podcasts that day. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Our plan is to have more people available for interviewing as well. Quite a few of the speakers are... The, the speakers that are non-podcasters are probably going to be available, but also... You know, like the Spear Center is just a little bit down the road because they're in Scottsdale, and we're trying right. to get a bunch of Spear faculty to come over, which is a win-win for everyone. Great people Absolutely. to interview, but it's also like really good to get the word out for the Spear. So it, it's going to be great. And we've got new podcasts since last year that'll be there. Like a couple of them, you remember that a couple of them started like there. Yep. They, that right was there. where they got yeah. the idea to <laughs> do it. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be really cool. It's going to be an amazing event. If you haven't signed up, like I'm talking about it constantly, but it's sort of one of these things where it's hard to describe the magic that happened there. And I think that it's, yeah. I think that's the way it's going to be. I think, I think what you'll have is this is going to be the most authentic dental meeting that you can find anywhere because we have, we have exhibitors, we have people that are sponsoring there, but there's a level of authenticity in a podcasting meeting that you're not going to find anywhere else. So it's, it was very cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think it's, like I said, I'm going to do everything I can to show up. Yeah. When it, well, it just happens to be in the same weekend. I know. I but know. a big local fundraiser is locally, that sends me on my mission trips. I'm, I geez, know. You can I hardly not, not be there. I know. You can hardly happen. not be there. I don't know. Maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have to have video you in or something like that. <laughs> I, uh, I, the, the Yankee is going on the same weekend too. So the Northeast is going to be a, a problem for us because there's a few podcasters. I know, like, like, um, uh, Tarun is already committed to be at the Yankee. And so, for, I mean, T-Bone, who is a huge podcaster, yeah, yeah. and he was a yeah, big yeah. part of last year, he won't be able to be there. I still wonder if we're going to be able to, like, drag him away towards the I – don't, I don't know what we'll do. In any case, it's it's going to be a big meeting. It's going to be really cool. Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona in January is not a hard sell for basically anyone north of about Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, that's going to be pretty great. So, But actually, that's not why – I mean, I'm I'm happy to promote the meeting that we're putting together – for the whole episode, however, there's there's tons to talk about with you. Not the least of which is, I just I literally just walked in the door of my house from uh, what's called the Francis B. Vetter Society, uh, Crown and Bridge Prosthodontics uh, Society. Basically, it's a study club I've been going to forever. It's and, and what's cool is in the fall they have a a two and a half day meeting, um, and it's really pretty up there. It's it's the the leaves are turning. There's Saturday afternoons that typically you know you're either watching a football game or golfing or something like that. I came home 
because my wife had I'd been gone for a couple weekends, so I felt like I had to come home. But I was listening to a guy by the name of Doctor. I think it's Saj Jivraj. He is from uh, USC, Southern California. He's a prosthodontist, and he was talking about a topic that I have heard of but didn't know very much about. His talk hmm. was called "Treatment Planning of the Edentulist Maxilla Utilizing Graftless Options." Now, here's the thing: I know that you do a lot of full arch zirconia and full arch restoration of implants. And I do like none of that. And so I'm walking into this, this basically what he's talking about is sort of an all on four concept where you're, where you're particularly on the upper, you're not grafting sinuses and stuff like that, but you're tilting implants in such a way to get the, the, the widest spread of implants in order to do a full arch solution, but you're not grafting. So what happens is the, the main huge advantage that he talked about is patients don't have to walk around with uh, a lousy interim denture. They literally have teeth in a day. That's that's the big draw on this. And I have to tell you that I've seen some corporate places where they don't, and their stuff doesn't look so red hot. Their, their temporaries don't. This guy is a prosthodontist at the highest level, and the way he was doing it was bordering on amazing. He, his results mm. were really impressive. But I'm just curious. Now, you so you do a lot of implant-supported arches, and I'm just curious, like, what do you, there's clearly a, a, you know, schools of thought where this this all-on-four technique where you're avoiding grafting versus grafting and, and you know, maybe more idealized placement of, of implants. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that, and, and how, what experience have you had with this stuff? So, so you know, the, 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 the way I tried to first understand this a long time ago is instead of doing the traditional crown or bridge technique on top of, uh, if you know, multiple implants, yep. is, is the problem is when, when, you're, when a patient is missing all their teeth, it's kind of like a denture. Think about it this way. When, pe- when patients lose teeth, they don't just lose teeth. They lose teeth and, and, and dentition. Mm-hmm. And not, not dentition. I mean, they're, they're all the soft tissues in the bone, mm-hmm. which is why dentures have all the pink, pink parts to them. Yep. And so if you're going to build a restoration on an edentulous patient, you have to put pink on it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, it, you're going to, they're going to look like rabbit's teeth or horse teeth or something. Yeah, in some cases, like you have that. to put a lot of pink on it, actually, depending on, depending yes. on the anatomical yes. variations of the patient, how, much, you know, how long right. they've been without teeth versus yep. same-day yep. surgery yep. stuff. There's a lot of different kind of considerations sure. to it. So, and, and, and when you follow traditional systems of, of implants, you, know, you have to have a good anterior-posterior spread. And you take that and you double it, and that that can be you know the most anterior implant and the most posterior implant. And you can double the, the size of that. To, can, no, to not, cantilever back, if you want. Yeah, to, to cantilever, yeah. you can almost always get to first molar occlusion. Mm-hmm. And so, if you go to first molar occlusion with pretty much all these patients, you're good. Mm-hmm. And so, and the only way you can do that in some of these patients with the all on four technique. And by the way, all on four. Is is uh, is is not necessarily practiced by most dentists. Most dentists who do these things place six implants in the yeah. The all on all on four is sort of. And if I'm not, I don't mind dropping names. Isn't that like a? It's like a trademarked concept by Nobel or something. Back. I don't know. I'm not sure. Is it Nobel? I, yep. I think it's Nobel. Yep. And the story is like he didn't call yeah, Nobel, it. He called Nobel it. Nobel created it. Yeah. He didn't call it all on four. He he dropped that term a couple times because that's sort of how it's 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 sort of unfortunately it's like Kleenex or Coke. It's almost like a. a the name people think of when it's this this concept is brought up, but he then said he preferred to call it graftless options for for full yep. arch replacement, which does make sense because the, they're going out of their way to avoid grafting, is the story. Right. 
Right. But but just so you know, the surgeon that I work with probably grafts at some level probably 80 or 90% of the time. Interesting. And, uh, and not necessarily because he, he has, he has to, it's just because he wants to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, and now the, the thing is though, he's not necessarily grafting the sinus. That's, okay. that's the point, but he'll sometimes place an implant here and there and he'll put a little bit of bone around it and just to make sure. And sometimes he'll, he'll graft, you know, during the extraction surgery. It's just, this is depends. It is not for everybody. Okay. So sure. then again, I have to be very clear about this. Some patients are just missing way, way too much bone. Mm-hmm. And even with graftless techniques or the concepts, you still have to place some. If the patient has no maxilla, you can't put implants into the patient's nose. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have some bone. Sure. And so, uh, so most of the time there's some minimal grafting happening. But a lot of times you can do it without any grafting. And I don't know, surgeons get very innovative uh, where, where the implants are placed. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and and that is not mis that that's not to be mistaken. You know, graftless does not mean flapless. No, a lot of people no. mistake. That. Yeah, definitely okay. not. It's, definitely not. You yeah. have have to lay have completely pretty much a full flap to to be able to see exactly where you're going, where the implants are. So, but I mean, it's if you're going to extract someone's teeth, and you remove all the infected alveolus and put the implants in, you have to reconstruct everything. Yeah, pink and white. All and I like to use just those terms instead of just saying teeth. Yeah, no, and, I love and, that. And, and ginger. I like to say pink and white because pink is part of the, the, the cosmetic appearance also. Sure. And so pink and white. And so if you can do that, if you can immediately load and you split all the implants together and you immediately load them, it works It works beautifully. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't exactly know how uh, the, dent, the doctor that you saw, Dr. Saj, can do um, unbelievably beautiful provisionals. Uh, right there, right then and there, because a lot of times surgeons don't exactly know where the implants are going to end up. No, I know so that. They, well, we, what's we interesting, he's he's typically seeing them like it sounds like it's not in the same office, right? It's I don't I don't know if it's like I don't know if he practices right in the clinic at USC and so it's oral surgery department or I don't think it is. No, he has his own office, and typically he's seeing the patient after the surgeon, like the same day, but after the surgeon had closed him up. Essentially, I think the surgeon typically has put in. I think in like like impression posts or something. They're sticking. They come in. You know, he basically showed a picture of the people coming in. And they come in and they they they're sewed up, but they've got posts sticking out of there. You know, so he, you can essentially see the angulation of what the. Uh, you know what though? That's not quite true because I think I think a lot of them they have to ch particularly in the posterior they have to change the angulation because the 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 implants are angled. In any case, he's got he's got the provisional ready to go, and he sort of he literally makes holes. In yep. in the the provisional in, in the denture, yeah, exactly, and then relines them around these sleeves. You know the 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 provisional yeah. sleeves. Yeah. That's yeah. so essentially that's exactly. what he was doing. And he showed that, which was honestly, I won't lie to you, I just don't know much about this procedure. It was very cool. Sure. I mean, it was really. I mean, and considering, okay, here's the thing. So they might not have been as beautiful as a final by a long shot, but frankly, a lot of these people went in with really mangled up teeth or oh, no teeth yeah, at all. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's most, a huge it's a huge improvement almost happy. immediately. Yeah, yeah. No, most people are very very happy, and and if they if they ever come out and they're not very happy with with the provisionals, I say, listen, just heal up for a couple of weeks. Yeah, just give me let a little it, let it just, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll just say, listen, just just heal up for a couple of weeks, 
and then just as you're healing, I'll just make you another one. It's all right. Okay. And I said, just I don't want to go in there unscrewing things, grinding on all this plastic weight. Tissues haven't healed yet. I said, just give me two weeks. Mm-hmm. Let me just get you bite right, and then let me just get you comfortable. You're going to be on a soft diet for a couple of weeks anyway. And when you come back, I'll make you a you know a, a new provisional. I'll I'll take this off and I'll really polish it and I'll make it better for you. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to mess with it the first couple of weeks. And there, I've never had a patient be unhappy with that. And you're uh, you're literally making such a huge you're making such a huge difference in a day. That is amazing oh, yeah. to me that they're doing it the same day as the surgery. Yeah, it's it's teeth in a day. Yeah. So just so you know, I've actually done teeth in an hour. Remember the teeth in an hour stuff that came out about 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah. We used to literally do it uh on the computer. Everything was designed on the computer. You would get the final restorations right after the surgery. That's and, freaky and, to me. And that was, and we used to do that a couple of times and and the surgeon that I work with here, he and I decided that that is just not a good idea. We're not ending up with these beautiful restorations of what we want. Yeah. Yeah, we end up with these mill titanium restorations with full full of titanium. Too much metal. It was just it was just not great. Well, because uh, uh, the reality is you don't really know where the tissue is going to end up after they've healed for a while. I mean, that's that's one yeah, of the reasons exactly. to keep them in a provisional, yeah. right? I mean, it's the... Uh, exactly. And you can't really do a reline very well. and. The only way those things work is if you do a flapless. Yeah. But then you don't, I mean, and if you're doing it on a patient that you don't know where the t- tissues are, the bones are, I mean, you know, I don't know. It was just not, not a good quality. And so, so we stopped doing those. We stopped doing those pretty early on. We started doing teeth in a day, basically. And, um, and uh, so he, he wasn't sure. How, the surgeon, and by the way, the surgeon does all this stuff. He, I make him the dentures. The next time I see the patient is with the, with the prosthesis already, already in his mouth. The okay. surgeon <laughs> he places the implants, does all the holes and puts all the sleeves and all this other stuff. Oh, really? The so the surgeon time, is doing, he, oh, yeah. the surgeon's doing oh, the yeah. reline at the time of the surgery. Yeah, yeah. I taught him and, uh, and, and all of his assistants how to do that. So now, now they do that. So you get to sit and, and drink coffee and he does all the hard work. Oh, I yeah. love this, man. This is the best. And I just end up doing the final restoration. And, <laughs> After the patient's like, oh. out of pain and not numb and not black yeah, and blue, yeah, yeah. you get to show up By and the- be the hero. If uh, if anyone, if any surgeon who's listening to this, who wants to learn how to do this, just drop me an email. I'll, I'll tell you who to go see. Yeah. Who, who can teach you how to do these things? How, how, how you can do it as a surgeon. You can do the relines. And and don't be afraid because you're, you're referring doctors are not going to get upset with you if you do these things. Because all you're doing is making holes in a denture and putting some you know, cold cure resin in there, curing them and removing the flanges and the palate. Mm-hmm. And then... But you end up, but you end up doing the final restorations. What you don't want to do is do what the surgeon's doing: is putting, you know, rubber dam in a surgical field, and a blood and guts is sticking out. And yeah. it's just you know, surgeons are far more comfortable with blood and guts than, than you are. Yeah, whether it's resin or not, it's actually easier for them to do it. And the patient, and you know, the surgeon can charge for it. So if like my surgeon that I work with, he charges about three thousand dollars an arch. Mm-hmm. Just to modify the existing des- uh, restoration mm-hmm, and make mm-hmm. it into a, uh, into a fixed restoration. Okay. So I, I don't know. They, they're happy to do it, and you're happy because they did it because you don't have to see all the blood and guts and gore and stuff. You see them you know, for an adjustment and stuff like that, and then, and then you see them at the end when, you, when you're ready to do the final restoration. Composites are something most general dentists do every day. They are the bread and butter of what we do. So 
why not use an instrument to place composites that you really, really like? It's what I'm coming to. The older I get, the more I just want to use something that I like. Premier Dental Products has come up with probably my favorite composite instrument of all time. There's a variety of them, but they call them slicks. S-L-I-X. Slicks composite instruments are made for placing composite. They're non-stick. They're super durable. They're ergonomic and they're autoclavable. So they're everything you need in a composite. First off, they're very light. They're uh, you look at them and they look like they're they look like they're really you know beefy durable instruments. But you pick them up and it's super light. They have a bright purple handle. I kind of like, but it's also uh, ergonomic where it's it's big around, but it's kind of soft and, and knobby, so it's real easy to hold on to. I freaking hate instruments that are too slippery to hold on to when you're wearing gloves. So these are perfect for that. Uh, but they have a non-stick surface treated with a revolutionary protective coating that provides superior non-stick properties and lustrous surface for long-lasting aesthetic appearance. Bottom line, these are great composite instruments, and they're made by the company that supports the Allen Mead Experience Premier Dental Products. So I want you to go give them a try. If you go to the website that I have on the show notes, you'll see there's a whole bunch of different kinds. Like They've got all sorts of shapes They've got the little skinny interproximal ones. They've got the acorn ones. They've got all of it. And uh, I think they're the best instruments I use for composite. I use them for pretty much every placement that I come across, and I love them. So check out Slick's Composite Instruments from Premier Dental Products. Inspired solutions for daily dentistry. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of like that. I have to tell yeah. you that... that uh, yeah. that's That has some appeal. That has some appeal. Because the, the other thing is, is it's... Uh, the way he described what he was doing yeah. was he has it down. They have it down to a science for sure, but he was doing yeah. a lot of that legwork right down to putting the, putting the rubber dam over the bloody stumps and all that sure. stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was, that's exactly what, so clearly we're talking about the same thing here. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. So and how I much, I just taught my surgeon how to do it. So how much, how much of this is like, <clears throat> how much of these cases that you're seeing, how many of them are existing, um, existing with you know few to no teeth and how many you have a lot of teeth to start with like is this is this more of a more of a okay it's the patient has finally decided that their dentition is terminal and they're done or is this someone who's slowly but surely lost teeth over the years and is finally going to do something about it yeah most of the time patients already know they need their teeth removed Mm -hmm. but they've got a mouthful of teeth in a lot of cases what you're saying uh, a lot of cases yes and sometimes they come to me and they have a you know what what a roundhouse restoration that comes in and it comes in and out. It's an old crown and bridge yeah. that they've been gluing together for months, yeah. sometimes years p- putting in their mouth and it's only there for show. I've actually had a patient that literally came to me who has a roundhouse restoration still had roots on it. Okay. And somehow he was putting up that up in his gums. <laughs> so, so Even he's literally got, he's got like a healed site that he's putting like, like roots into. Yeah, I love the that. roots are going up into his gums oh, and oh my gosh. I, I actually have this restoration. I kept it. I would. It was just fascinating. <laughs> oh no, I, ha- I have it sitting in a sterilized, sterilized, sterilized pouch. I keep I just... it on my desk, man. That'd be awesome. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, but I don't know how he walked around. I don't know how this, it's a maxillary restoration. It's a maxillary arch. I have no idea how it stayed in. But he would keep it in there. He was—he clearly had trained himself how to how to yeah. work work with it. You know, which yeah. is funny. It just goes to show what what people can do if they have to. Yeah, they're, they're, people are willing to go through. I, I it was bizarre. That's 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 <laughs> kind of classic, actually. It's, I kind of love that. So, how how much of this? What is how typical of 
is this is this like a once every month you got a case like this once a week or once every year what what how often are you doing this kind of thing uh if if you had if i had let's see so in 2017 i may have done maybe 12 of these cases okay large maybe maybe 10 maybe okay. 12 maybe, okay i'm not sure i mean pretty a, common because like, there's like a com- lot of, there's a lot of um yeah there's a lot of cases out there that are, that end up being uh locator overdentures sure. and some of them are you know, full arch over partials or or partial arches or you know the canine to the, to the second molar on the other side so it, you know I, I still do these restorations and you can call them all on fours, but it's not quite all mm-hmm. on fours. Mm-hmm. I still like to save teeth. If they're good teeth, I'm going to keep them. Sure, and, sure. Uh, that was that was the thing that I, that was the thing that is, was sort of depressing to me, or or like basically, this the kind of dentistry he was showing was definitely. I mean, implant dentistry is obviously a big deal, and it's 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 here to stay. But the kind of dentistry there was there was no thought of saving any teeth in any of these cases. These were going to be. These are going to be full right. arch cases. And I mean, he, he's showing it because he's doing it for CE, but I'm like, it's a whole different way to look at dentistry. Like you have to shift your mind right. to like, we are not saving anything and it's time to start looking at bone essentially and, and where, you know, where the transition line has to be, what kind of lip line they've got, because we're not doing anything to save teeth. And frankly, I think it's no problem, but I, I'm still very much in the mind of like, even if we're doing implant dentistry, I'm doing it amongst teeth. So this is like a, definitely a mindset change. You know what I mean? Well, so here, here's the question to you. You don't really have this problem when a patient comes to you and you need to remove all their teeth and we give them dentures. No, that's right. You see, it's, a, it's you the see, same exact the exact yeah. same thing. Yep. The only difference is it's going to be fixed on an implant. But sure. people don't have a problem when they're making dentures. No, that's so right. So think about it. And the other know, thing is there's plenty of uh, patients that walk in knowing that they're ready for a denture. They're just sick of the misery that their teeth have right. given them. And, and that's the same kind of patient that could that could benefit from this treatment is what it comes down to. Right. And so when, when I do see those patients that, that come in, they just need all their teeth taken out. I tell them, just so you know, the technology has changed. Dentistry has changed. If you want to walk in with teeth and walk out with teeth, you can do that. It's just a matter of time and cost is what I tell them. If you're willing to do that, you have that option. And, and, and we start the conversation that way. They say, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, you don't have to walk around with just a denture. You know, if you can get all the teeth out, we know you already need them out. You already know that. Like, yep, I do, Doc. So, like, well, then how about we just put some teeth back in there and reattach your denture to it and make it all fixed so you don't ever have to take them out, you know, take them out of your mouth. You there, you can do that? I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much anything can be done nowadays. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I said, all within reason. Yeah. Do you want to do that? And we start this conversation. I don't sit there and make these weird case presentations. I don't show up. No, that's great. Models. I mean, if they start asking, they want to see models and whatever. I don't. I don't do the sales pitch, but I try to create the need in their minds, or the want, or the curiosity in their minds, and I tell them, I tell them this is possible. Would you be interested? Well, when they and, and the, I'll tell you what, when sure. they talk to their friends, relatives, people that they know that have had removable, I guarantee right. you that okay, you've got two different kinds of denture wares. The kind that got them when they were eighteen and literally have never complained about them their entire life. They're wearing the same denture that was given to them as an immediate 35 years ago, and they literally they literally have no complaint, and you're never going to talk that person into anything. Or the right. person who's had nothing but trouble with their denture the day they got it, and, and they've had an, And so the reality is they probably heard from both these kinds of people, but they're wondering to themselves, you know, man, if I didn't have to do this. So that's the kind of, it's kind of cool that you offer it up. Yeah. Not as a, a big organized sales pitch, just knowing that this yeah. is what we could do if you wanted to. 
let them start asking the questions. Right, right. But see, that's that's my whole point of doing the kind of dentistry that I do is because I've attended some of these sales courses, right. and and I and I just I don't know. I'm just not convinced, and uh, I I don't. I mean, I, sometimes these sales courses maybe work on a tooth or two, mm-hmm. but when you're selling full arches, you know, at fifty, sixty, seventy thousand yeah. dollars, you know, for arches and stuff, the patients kind of need to know these things beforehand. You yeah. know, when you just it, pe- most people can't drop that kind of money immediately. Well, they, here's the thing um, too: they have to. It comes to a point where um, they almost have to beg you for it at that point. They have to want it really bad yeah, yeah. before it's going to make a ton of sense for you to really get because. Like you said, the amount of money and, and frankly, what yeah. they're going to have to go through to get to that point is, is, uh, it's a, it's a big deal. So they're going to want, I, I love the idea of sort of leading them along and letting them sure. decide they want it rather than sit. I would, uh, for this kind of case in particular, I would never have want to have sold someone on something and then have them turn around and wish they hadn't done it, you know? Right. Right. And so the only time I do any kind of slight, uh, salesmanship, if, if you want to call that, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like that word is when patients say, well, you know what, doc, I think I'm just going to go with a removable option. I, I just want, I want you to, pl- I want some implants. I want the dentures that come in and out. Mm-hmm. And then, and so what I'll do is I'll tell them saying, so let me, so you want the implants, you want all the support. You just don't want it to be fixed. You want it to come in and out. Yeah. And they're like, yes. And, I, I, and I'll say, okay, explain to me why. Well, you know, I, it, I think it's just the cost is a little bit better. And, and what I will do is I'll literally stop my tracks right there. I said, listen, okay. I just want to let you know, and I tell them, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but I've had many, many people go to the removable mm-hmm. and six months later say, Doc, I really hate this. Can I <laughs> tell me about the fix? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? They've already them, gone through the whole thing the and wish that they hadn't done that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I tell them, if it's, if it's, if, if you, I say, if you don't have them, if you cannot afford it, then, then it's perfectly okay. I'm going to make you a beautiful restoration. But if you can afford it, you don't think you deserve it. If you're having issues with that, I said I would I would just go straight to the fix because I've had I've had no one want to go from fix to the removal. Yeah, it doesn't go the other direction, does it? Yeah. yeah. And I told him I said, but I've had a lot of people come to me and say I wish I had done the fix. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so what I will do, I will I will tell them saying even those patients, I'll say, listen, if you want to do that, I'll credit you a little bit of money. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I said. I'll, I'll make sure I'll credit you some money, uh, just 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 so you know that I'm not trying to do this for money. I, I, I just, and I'll credit them maybe a thousand dollars or something like that because or a lot of times I already have the impression that are sitting on models mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'll mm-hmm. credit them a little bit. Uh, and then, so, but that's kind of the only time I ever kind of try to sell people is mm-hmm. when people when I feel like they can't afford it, but they're not they they don't think they should. Right is when I try to push them a little bit, but without any guilt, without any hard sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's but, but the, I think you probably have their best interest at heart because yes. if you've actually seen people that, yes. that really wanted to turn around after having your removable. Yeah. I totally. Yeah, get I've it. done I've done at least six of those in the last I don't know three four years that people come to me with removable and they're like, "Tell me about the fixed option, Doc." <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this since you've done a bunch of these, I've done none of these, yeah, and. Yeah. and uh, I have to say it was interesting. It wasn't real applicable to what I want to do, but I think there's a lot of people out there that do. Here's my question. How, sure. how do people pay for these? Like, is this something where, where people in the back of their mind have been saving up knowing they had to do something, so they had the money sitting around? Is this something that they finance typically? Is it something that they wait for their, their, their parents to kick off and get their inheritance? What's, what is the typical thing, or do you know? 
we don't necessarily ask as much, but probably about 20 to 50, 20 to 30% of them do get some kind of uh, care credit okay. or one of these okay. credits. That's but less than I would have guessed, care, to be honest. That's yeah, less than care, I would have guessed. Well, because most people who really, really need care credit, they, I mean, the they don't credit qualify. has a cap at twenty five thousand or something. Yeah, you know, they, they don't really qualify any more than that because mm-hmm. because these cases, the surgeon charges sixteen thousand dollars per arch anyway. Mm-hmm. That's per arch. That's with no and restorations. I, that's just yeah. That's with no rest. That's just for the extractions and the and the six implants or you know, extractions and the four implants and and alveoloplasty and suturing and and the modification of the existing prosthesis. Or I mean, they charge sixteen grand, and so I, it just doesn't. It just doesn't compute. Uh, so th- if they're going to get, you know, care credit, but but what I tell them is saying, well, and some people say, you know, I can't afford all that right now because I don't have sixty grand. I said, well, just so you know, you can do, you know, remember my final restorations are going to be about six months later. Sure. So you got six. You, you, you know, his his expensive stuff is uh, now. My expensive stuff is later, and you have about six to seven months before you have to pay me anything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that turns people around too. Not all the time. If they don't have it, they don't have it. They're like, nope, can't do it. I just want two implants. So, okay, two implants in the maxilla. We're going to make you a removal part denture. It's going to be great. It's going to look great. You're mm-hmm. going to love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't turn them away from these things. I, I still encourage them to do it. But, 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 you know, if they can afford it, they can afford it. That's all it is. Sure. You know, and if they can't, they can't. Um, now, you said something. You said sometimes people are wait for their parents to die or something or pass sure. away. <laughs> I've had. I'm not saying they're kids. actively involved. I'm just saying yeah, they're yeah. waiting around. You know, I'm just. <laughs> no, I've had parents for their pay for their kids. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah, a lot of retirees will pay for their kids, uh, and, and that creates a little bit of, bit of an issue because these are not children. No, that's right. <laughs> We're talking about 85 year olds paying for 55 year olds. Yeah. You know? Oh and, my gosh. Uh, and and that's kind of a weird thing mm-hmm. because it's a HIPAA issue. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but you, when you're writing that check, you don't really care that much about HIPAA, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, but they still kind of need to know. No, I know, right? Like, parents. exactly. So we, we tell the patients, you have to sign this release saying, you know, it's okay for them to know because they're going to know what, what's happening in your yeah. mouth. Oh, totally. <laughs> but yeah, we've had we've had many 85-year-olds pay for their kids' teeth. It's, I don't know, we've had quite a few. It's, I mean, uh, it, I it, it, that, that's an interesting dynamic. The whole dynamic of this is that like he basically was saying uh, in these, like the least expensive you're going to get into any of this kind of thing, if it's two arches or more, you know, 50 grand or more is, is typical or, or more. Yep. So we're, you know, 100,000 yep. isn't even out of the ordinary for this. This is, this is change your life kind of dentistry. And, and these are not, yeah. pe- people aren't going to stumble into this. This is something that they're going to have to give a yeah, lot they, of thought of. They're going to have to rearrange their financial life to do in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and they've done their research many times when they come to you. Yeah. And they, they, they already know about this. They probably already know the different wall. options for crying out loud. They've done that. that kind. Yeah, that's I, the kind of research. When you're talking about, when you're talking about spending 500 bucks more than what your insurance is going to cover, you probably are not well researched by comparison right. to someone who's looking to drop a hundred grand on a couple of arches yeah. of dentistry. They're probably going to take a little time to do their due diligence, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, what you run into is a lot of people saying, well, can I get all that done this year so I can, because, you know, it's, if it's more than 10 or 15% of your total income, you can deduct it off your taxes yeah, or something. Like yeah. that. There's some rules for healthcare. Yeah. And, and sometimes- and they, come to you in, they come to you in November. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and, and I tell him, saying, well, you can do the surgical part, but you can't deduct my part. You can deduct my part yeah. next year, is what yeah. I say. No, and right. a lot of them are happy with it. So the conversation goes more about taxes than it actually about insurance. <laughs> it sounds like dentists trying to <laughs> trying to justify a CT <laughs> yeah. machine in their office. Exactly. exactly. So, But when they come to me, they say, well, how about my insurance? I'll say, well, what's your maximum? <laughs> Whatever it is, we're going to use it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. I said, what, what's your maximum? They're like, I don't know what my maximum is. I, like, I can guarantee your maximum is not more than $2,000 per year. Yeah, we're going like, to use all of it in the first. We're going to use it all up. Yeah, probably the first three extractions. <laughs> yeah, what I don't do, yeah, what I don't do is shove a treatment plan in front of their face and show them, yeah, this is how much insurance is going to pay and this is what the deductibles are. I don't do any of that stuff. That just confuses people. Well, and the other thing, say, but the other thing is, is like if you're talking about a single unit crown or you're talking about yes. like you, it might make sense to, to explain yes. that really well because the patient's yeah. going to be choosy about that. This is not that kind of dentistry at all. Yeah. 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 It's if you're used to that kind of conversation with with 100 gram or 75 or 50 or 30 gram for that matter. I say, well, you, see, whatever your maximum is, you're going to get it this year. Yeah, don't worry. We got that, you covered that, on that deal. That's all I say. Yeah. That's all I say. Well, it's all you have to say, too. And, and the other yeah. thing is, you don't even have to have anyone run anything, because of course yeah. you are. I mean, if they, if they, if, yeah. like, you'll just attach it to what whatever procedures their right. insurance would cover at that point. And, and in a way, that takes a lot of, like, a lot of day-to-day dentistry is a lot of that Mickey Mouse stuff. You know, you're yep. sort of negotiating yep. on, on how much... And how, Whereas you're doing this life-changing dentistry, and and it literally is just their insurance just doesn't even matter at that point. I mean, that's exactly. A, I kind of, I kind of. That's that's interesting to me. I'm glad to hear. All, honestly, I'm glad to hear all of your take. These are the questions I would have loved to ask him that he frankly would not have taken the time. Because <laughs> well, what I, what else? What other questions do you want to ask me? Ask me. I've been doing this for a long time. It, well, okay. So how did? Uh, tell me how you learned how to do this stuff. This is this is not this is not um, uh, crown prep. Uh, impression send it to the lab okay, kind so, of dentistry you know like i know that you did you did like you were you did a pros fellowship or some kind of like a heavy right, duty right, residency right. well i just did a fellowship so i, I mean i did a couple of years of gpr uh but then i did a pros fellowship mm-hmm. basically i was on faculty at unc here at the prosthodontics department but but i'm not a prosthodontist i'm, mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I just went through a fellowship and in there i pretty much learned a lot of these tricks and tips and tricks and stuff like that what i don't do is Make eyeballs and ears and noses and stuff like that. Man, and those which are maxim- be, which, I mean, frankly, which I don't ever want to do. You don't want you don't want the amateur <laughs> making your 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 eyeball, yeah, your yeah. nose. But 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 I mean, think about it this way: so what, when when you're restoring these cases, if you know how to make a denture, if you're good at making dentures, yeah, you don't have to be very good at it. And if you know how to do crown and bridge on implants, if you can, if you know how to do a bridge implant or implant born a three unit implant born bridge. Mm-hmm. Or, th- or three implant bridge or something like that, and you know how to make dentures, you already know how to restore these cases. That's cool. Uh, you, but you, what, well, I always joke around saying what you don't know is that you know how to restore these cases. Sure. Because it's a combination of the two. It's really what it is. The, there's one step that is the absolute most critical step in the whole process, and that is how to take a really, really, really accurate master impression with mm-hmm. all the implants splinted together mm-hmm. and he talked if you he talked a lot about that, that today which yeah. was a little bit foreign to me tell you the truth what did he say well Explain i mean he, he talked he talked he, he basically went over the different techniques he used to splint them the different sure. you know closed uh, like a closed custom or an open custom tray he showed a, a technique he used where he if if he gets stuck where it's the same day where he'll do a he can do a stock tray with a really stiff putty he went it was really good. I mean, his his clinical instructions were second to none. They were fantastic. It's just it was super foreign to me because I hadn't seen that, you know? Sure. 
Oh, well, that may be something I can. I, that may be a story I can tell at the at the uh, Voices of Dentistry if I come. There you go. That might be a presentation I can make it. And 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 I've and I've simplified it. I've taught so many local dentists how to do that, and they're 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 baffled by how how easy it can be. Well, it's, it is funny and, because so, I will say this: there is a certain mystery about it. If right. you just if you've just not done any of it, and you see these big right. kids, and and you could even I could even it, it was sort of demystified even just yep. the lecture today because yep. it, these the the photos people show of how they're 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 splinting and why they're doing what and all this stuff it makes perfect sense to me now and I didn't quite get it like sure it, there's there's a lot there like you said I, I I agree that it isn't doesn't have to be as hard as it was in it was in my brain not that I've sure. done any of it but I I think I would know how to go about doing it but in the other hand if I were doing it I'd really want to I'd want to work with someone as a mentor you know who could kind of hold my hand through it to make sure it was it was you know I, I, the other thing that was very interesting to me is he did not talk about, he talked plenty about digital uh, aspects of it in the lab side of things, but he was not talking about digital aspects of it in like the impression technique or anything like that. Everything was, you know, I think he was using, he was either using a stiff putty or like a, a polyether to impression it. So it was not, you know, it was, it was relatively normal crown and bridge technique that he was using on that. That's, end. that's, so I'm still not convinced about doing full arch impressions without splinting them. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, when I say impressions, I mean photographic impressions or, or digital impressions. Mm -hmm. And so I still, you know, you can call me old fashioned and, and I do have a scanner in my office. You know, I, I've, I've got the whole E4D system and this plan scan. I've got all that. But when it comes to doing these restorations, call me good old fashioned guy, but I still split them together in the mouth, take a master impression with, Custom tray, open, you know, open tray, mm -hmm. custom impressions, and I do all that stuff just to make sure it's accurate. Now, if the lab uses the digital stuff, which they do, yeah. to, to to mill the the bars, they have to use. Actually, they should anyway. probably. They shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. This, this is the yeah. this is the one of the beautiful things about the right the digital the milling and all that stuff because they don't have to worry about a lot of the a lot of the error introduced in lab stuff is is sure. essentially you kind of that's a workaround when you do it digitally and mill stuff. So yeah. Right, right. And, but, I mean, I do come from the time when we used to laser weld together yeah. titanium frames. And, and that wasn't bad either. It's yeah. just because if, it, if you have a, a very, very accurate impression that's splinted together and the model is perfectly accurate and you verified it. You verified it, it, yep, yep. Yeah, and, if you, and you verified it, when, when, when you put the restoration, if it fits on the model, it's going to fit in the mouth. Mm -hmm. I've, it's never, in my, in my hands, I've been doing this for a long time. Never has it not fit. Never has it not. If you verified the cast, it if fits you've in already the mouth. verified yeah. it, yep, yep. And 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 I can teach people how to do that too. And it doesn't even have to add a new a new step to the whole process. People think when you verify it, it adds a step to it. No, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. If if you if you sequence it just right, you don't you don't verify it. I, you know, you, it does. It doesn't take you an extra. You know, anyway, it, the verification is in the impression, is what I say. You've already verified it before you even took the impression, so it's it's accurate. I would love so, to be a fly in your wall when you're doing that. Sometime I'm coming down to North Carolina watching you do that. Yeah, you can come down and just watch me do it one day. It's that'd really be, not that'd as be hard very as, cool. I, the hard part is the patient, not the <laughs> the patient is the hard part. Sure. The dentistry is easy, Alan. I mean, it's it's just like everything else. The that, patient is the hard part. That's funny. Okay, so we've got just a couple minutes left. First off, this is probably the fastest. I feel like we just started and we've been doing this yeah, for a I while. Yeah, I know. It's been going and I knew that was going to be the case with you. We're going to have to have you again because we had other stuff we we're going to talk about. But I do want to ask you. 
Okay, so you were one of the very first podcasters on the scene. You and Gary and and um, Dave from the Relentless Dave, yeah. Dentist. You guys, yeah. you three were kind of the three. There were mm-hmm. other podcasts. Let's be honest, there were other podcasts. But as far as really, the AGD had one. There were some, but the reality is, you guys were kind of the big, big ones on the scene. And I want, I want to hear what inspired you to do it. I think I know because I think both you and Dave were kind of inspired. I think by the. The Entrepreneur on Fire originally. Is that right? Well, I mean, I used to, yeah, I used to listen to Entrepreneur on Fire. But mm-hmm. what, the only thing that Entrepreneur on Fire did to me was it just basically showed me that I could do it relatively easily. Sure. Because it, it got rid of the intimidation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like, it's, like, uh, it's, it's, it's like if I sit here and keep talking about these all, all on four, all on six implants all the time, eventually you'll get inspired and you'll understand. Yeah. Well, I, f- I feel like I know a ton you know more I mean? about it already. So that's exactly yeah, yeah. right. And so, so now it, you, you start saying, okay, this is not that difficult. I can do this. And that's, that's how it was. And I was like, well, how come I can listen to all these other podcasts and there's nothing dental out there. And, uh, and you know, Dave was out there and, uh, and Gary was out there. I used to listen to them. I was like, well, I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this could be something interesting. And, yeah, and I thought I was going to make a billion dollars, but that didn't happen. <laughs> well, you know what? It is it is funny because the other thing is, if you listen to entrepreneurship podcasts right. out there, everyone yeah. everyone wants you to believe that they're all making a million dollars at yeah. all this stuff, and 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 I mean, there might be a few people that really are, but let's be honest, that's that's probably because they were there first. Right. And and the entrepreneur on fire is famous for getting people to join his club to learn how yep. to do it. And you know yep. what? There's only one him though. Is the thing exactly. like there's a certain magic. But the reality is you were one of the first dental ones out there and you were doing and you inspired a lot. Shoot, you were the first dental podcast. Well, I was on Grant and Jason's but and technically they're dentists, but their podcast is more scientific skepticism. Right, um, right. So yeah. you're the first dental podcast that I was on. And and I used to listen to a bunch of non dental podcasts too. And sure. just like you, the whole time I'm like, Why couldn't I do this? I mean, like they're really and and I think you and I probably did it the same way. We're like, I wanna I'm gonna create the podcast that I would want to listen to. You know, like, I, I, and that's essentially what we did. You know, like I, the round table aspect, the, the brain trust round table aspect was all about, I listened to the skeptics guide of the universe and every week, uh, it was just a bunch of people that were all calling in from different parts of the Northeast and they would, you know, it was the same voices that seemed like they were all in the same room and they were all over the place and that's just what they did. So that's what I did. You know, that's kind of, I loved that concept. I'm, I'm always shocked that there's not very many dental podcasts that have done that because it's. It's an easy way to make content by having these different voices come in all the time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but like yeah, so it's 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 funny that and I do you know there's a lot of dental podcasts out there now. I think a lot of it is that they kind of realize that I could do this. You know, I should make yeah, a podcast how, how like how many I are there to. right now? I don't, I don't, I don't uh, even last, know. I mean like a lot of them have have come and some of them have gone, but there's probably at least 50 out there. If you go and some of them are not some of them are not really well um well indexed in in uh itunes so like right. even if you google dental podcasts there's quite a few of them that don't really show up under dental a lot of them show up under business or medical so there's right. a bunch of them out there i've listened to i would like to think i've listened to most of them at least some episodes sure. uh so but it's it's just wild that like i mean you were one of the first though so you're one of the reasons that we're doing this stuff well, you know? well it's funny i remember when you were you were you were officially called the blogging dentist at the time i know right yeah like podcast. i was all strutting then, my stuff as a blogging I dentist actually, 
I actually remember you saying, do you think I should start a podcast? Yeah. I was like, Alan, you are, you absolutely 100% should start a podcast. Isn't it funny? We have, we actually have that recorded somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You actually say that. I know. And I was like, you absolutely should. And, and I mean, what you've done with this whole podcasting thing is amazing. I mean, look at you. I'm, I'm, geez, I'm, I'm jealous and proud. Oh, I, I, but I just, awesome. I do love the fact that we have this, yeah. this community that has, yeah, first off, like even though I only met most most of the podcasters for the first time this January, I do feel like we're we have a special bond because we all kind of know the the pain of recording and not having hit play or 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 or, or, or the when Skype messes up or or you get a you get someone you're interviewing who's not very good on like gets nervous answering questions. Yeah. Everyone it, like there's this. It's not just that we're dentists; it's that we're podcasters and we're striving to put content out there, and that there's yeah. we all have those same challenges. It's kind of it's a fun sort of brotherhood of, of, of that, yep. you know? Yeah. And I don't, and I don't know about other podcasts, but I'm certainly not competitive about these. Things. No, no, so exactly. I'm just, I'm actually happy. I've always said it's, it's just the more, the more, the better because it creates this, it, it creates this new medium. I completely agree. And so it's, it's, it creates this new medium where everybody can talk. And it is funny because we, yeah. we sort of mocked a little bit at the, at the voice of dentistry, but there is literally, there's no competition that I felt like at all. Like I didn't see every single person you run into is like, you were just psyched to run into them because you've heard their show or whatever. It was not like, it was not like someone was trying to be, you know, I, I don't know that it's, I don't know if there's any competition. It didn't feel competitive at the voice of dentistry at all. It just felt like. The whole thing felt like magic. I literally, I couldn't sleep the whole weekend. I couldn't sleep for days <laughs> afterwards. It's like, I can't believe this just happened. It was insane. Yeah, well, be, see, you created this amazing thing. I mean, so you, you were literally the creator of something brand new in dentistry. I know, which it's is a weird, podcast right? thing-based yeah. meeting. Yeah. And that's that's why it's, that's why I'm, I thought it was great. It I, was. <laughs> okay, so the night, be even better. The it's, night yeah. between Friday and Saturday. Uh, right. Like I was, try I was trying to sleep and I, I took like, I took a Benadryl that night cause I knew I'm going to be able to sleep. I still, I woke up about two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I, I was wide awake. So I, I drove over right over the overpass is, was a waffle house. It's the only place that's open anywhere. So I drove over to the waffle house and I brought, I brought my laptop and I was in uh, like, like the people at the waffle house were just just the roughest looking crew you ever saw the ones working there and they were super nice it was like the whole thing was almost like a dream like everything was so perfect and it was i was so giddy that it was happening i was nervous and giddy at the same yeah, yeah. time but it was like but by that time i knew the first day it happens so i'm like this is really going this is really working yeah, yeah. out okay so yeah and, and it's it, it's it's like it's like you know i this is this is good yeah. i'm doing something really good it here. was it was it was it was and i knew i knew that we were going to do it again like you could tell yeah. Right then, like, of course we're going to do this again. It was too cool not to. So, well, I appreciate you being a part of it. We're really hoping that you'll be able to be there. And, uh, man, thank you for, for spending some time with me today. I just, I literally can't believe we just did an entire show. It feels like it was about three minutes. Yeah, I know. It went so fast, I know. It, it's funny when you talk about the stuff you like. That's what it is. That is that's it exactly becomes... right. Well, this was great. We'll definitely have you on again to talk more about this stuff. Bilal, thank yeah, you so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Very good. If you have any questions or comments about this or any show of the Alan Mead Experience, please email me at alan, A-L-A-N, at the Alan Mead Experience. Go to iTunes or our podcast app uh, and give me five stars. Give me a review. I, it's been a while since we've gotten any reviews. We're trying to get the word out. And, uh, again, thanks so much for listening, and we will be back. Oh, hey, go to the uh, Facebook group. Uh, Google or search Alan Mead Experience. 
The code word to get in is Premier. Premier is in Premier Dental, and we'll get you in there. Good conversations. We'll talk to you again real soon.